welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I am your host, Adam Castor, and I'm here as always with my co-host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, how you doing? Adam, we are getting much, much, much closer to Mercury being in retrograde. I realized after yesterday's program that I think what happened with all these injuries this week was that Mercury not being in retrograde really set things off and really threw off the real rhythm of the planet right now. So, I mean, it, it really it really is just so sad that Mercury is not in retrograde. But when we get there, it's going to be fantastic. There are going to be no injuries. No injuries at all. Well, I hope for the sake of the rest of the NFL that you're right. Mercury will not let me down. Mercury is just a great planet. I cannot wait to do our first show while in retrograde. Because it's going to be fantastic. I can actually... Our first show... Okay, so Mercury... So October 14th is Wednesday. So... Uh, that Friday, the 16th, will be our first show where Mercury is in retrograde. That's just absolutely beautiful. And that'll be the 16th. I can't wait. I'm so excited. Yep. All right. So how are you, Adam? How, I'm doing how, well. How are you? I'm doing That's well. Good. That's good. Uh, I've kind of gotten over a bit. I've gotten over what happened on, on Sunday. I can't say the same. Well, at least for my team. I, I don't know. I, I just don't know. Frankly, just, I don't, I don't know. Maybe this is, I'm like internalizing it. I'm going to have like heart problems later in life because of all the stress. That's called Ajita. Yeah. Where, um, because of all the teams that I root for are giving me, are going to give me Ajita. (laughs) All of them. Every single one of them. Well, I mean, this is, uh. This is the part. This is the part of the week where we uh, where we help you. Uh, we go grab your hand. We hold your hand, and we I'm, walk you through. We walk you through waivers. I am so I am so conditioned to expect the worst out of the teams that I root for. That I was watching the Man City Wolves game yesterday, and when Raul Jimenez scored, uh, with eighty uh, on the, in the eightieth minute, I was like, well, I guess we're gonna draw this game now. <laughs> we're gonna somebody's gonna give up some dumb goal. Nah, you were fine. Yes, it, it was a great game. I was going to bet on Med City too, but I just I didn't even get around to doing it. Nathan, I was very sad. It was I was shocked. America Port wasn't even in the squad for this game. It was Nathan Ake made his debut. I saw, and he, yeah. he looked all right. He looked pretty good. Nathan Ake and John Stones. I am oh, shocked. John yeah. Stones is like I'm. Uh, oh, thank, thank you. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm back. <laughs> anyway, we're talking about the American football today. That's that's what we do here. And uh, do we really update? So we said that just as a bit of a clarification, uh, Corlin Sutton. We said he had a significant knee injury, and that knee injury was a bit more significant than significant because he's out for the season, torn ACL. Yep, that's that. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. I have one team with both Barkley and Sutton. Uh, yeah. Major yikes. But, again, we will get through Like I said yesterday, this is when we separate the men off. from the boys. <laughs> the men from the damn boys. And, uh, you know, Solomon Thomas and Nick Bosa both tore their ACLs. Yep. As well. Um. 
Malik Hooker was out for the season. We talked about that. Anthony Barr out for the no. season with a torn pack. Yeah. So it's a lot, a lot, a lot of injuries. Yes, so, this, is, this is the time where uh, waivers this week are going to be crazy. Listen, waivers. I, is this hyperbole saying that this is probably going to be the most important waiver show of the season? Mm, so far, yes. <laughs> so far until next week. You're right. <laughs> With the right workout. Like, I can't fault you for being <laughs> – you're right. So far, <laughs> it is the most important. With the right workout. <laughs> Yeah. This is the most important show, waiver show of the year until we get to next week when that's going to be more important than this one. Well, before we get into the waivers, let's talk about last night. Yeah. Last night, oh my God. We, listen, as much as I like being right, I think that this is one of the situations where I'm kind of happy that I was wrong because this game was really interesting and competitive. For a large part of it, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Saints defense was just, oh my God, so many. Awful, awful, awful penalties. And Darren Waller, we we got to talk about him. I mean, he looked he looked incredible. Twelve catches, I believe. Uh yes, twelve catches, hundred and three yards and a touchdown on a whopping sixteen targets. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he looked he looked great. I think that. But the real question now that we have to talk about. Outside of Alan Kamara for the Saints, is there a Saint? Is there a Saint that's startable right now? Well, I mean, Michael Thomas isn't is injured. Michael Thomas is not included in this discussion right okay. now. Right, right now, of guys that are healthy, I don't think uh, there is. I don't think there is either. I mean, maybe Jared Cook. I here's the thing. I think that you know Jared Cook, the touchdown really saved his day from a fantasy perspective. Yeah, I don't think it's he's like it's a reliable option, especially when if and when you know Michael Thomas comes back, it's gonna well, be he, win. He had five for eighty last week. He scored this week. I mean, I guess he's a he's a low grade starting option. There are better tight ends that you can that you can look at. Yeah, and even even Trey Quan Smith had thirteen points last night and out targeted Emmanuel Sanders, who everyone thought was going to be you know the guy. If Michael Thomas is out, I would say that Traquan Smith probably becomes the receiver to own for the Saints against the uh, the Packers next week. But again, it, it's it's tough. But I think the real the real avenue that I want to travel down here is what do you do with Drew Brees? I, I me personally, I do not think that Drew Brees is a startable fantasy option right now. You know, it's. My heart pains me, pains me to say, but I, I think I agree. I, do, I just don't think that Drew Brees is a reliable fantasy option right now. He's in the same boat as Tom Brady. They, 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 you cannot rely on, on both of them. Like I know in one of my leagues this week where I have Drew Brees, I have a claim in for Ryan Tannehill. I have a $0 bid in for Ryan Tannehill. And I am prepared to start Ryan Tannehill for the foreseeable future over Drew Brees. Well, Ryan Tannehill is a guy that's going to give you more consistent production than Drew Brees. Agreed. Agreed. I, I think I would rather have right now, I'd rather have Ryan Tannehill. It's a mental sentence that I just said. Yeah. I'd rather have Ryan Tannehill, and I would rather have Gardner Minshew. I think those are two yeah. guys that are pretty widely available that you can go and pick up if you do have Drew Brees and you don't have any other option. I think Ryan Tannehill, last I saw, was available 
in around 35% of leagues. And then Gardner Minshew, I believe, is available in way, 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 way more than that. I believe he's he's available in around 74% of leagues. Yeah, he's got a 26% ownership. So, yeah, I mean, either one of those guys, I think that, that you can go and definitely pick them up and start them over Drew Brees. Minshew has a great matchup Thursday against the Dolphins. And Tannehill is a pretty good matchup Sunday against the uh, the Vikings, who just got carved up by Phillip Rivers. Yep. Would you rather start Derek Carr over Drew Brees? No. I, I think I'd, ra- I'd rather have Drew Brees. Okay. But Carr, Carr looked good last night. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give him that. Yeah. No, he did look really good. You know, he had the 282 yards, uh, the three touchdowns. Josh uh, Jacobs almost gave us a scare. Yes. Uh, I mean, it'd be pretty fitting. It, it would have been the, uh, the icing on top of the cake for, uh, for week two, but uh, apparently, you know, he kept playing on. Apparently, it was just cramping. So he, uh, he was getting worked on the sideline when they showed it. It looked like to me it was more his quad. I know uh, some people were saying that it looked like maybe his hip or his groin, but for me, it looked like it was his quad that was just cramping up a little bit. So, uh, but he stayed in the game, finished the game, and uh, yeah, there was no new injury update on Jacob. So I'm assuming he's fine, and he's all systems go for Sunday against when they go up to uh, to Foxborough to take on the Patriots. Uh, my question is: Is Darren Waller? Darren Waller is the quote unquote wide receiver one in this team, just because yes. Henry Ruggs didn't do did not do much. Uh, Hunter Renfro didn't didn't do much either. Yeah, well, Hunter Renf- Hunter Renfro also took a pretty big shot. Yeah, in this game in this game too. But I think the one receiver for me that really stood out for the Raiders, if I had to pick one, was Brian Edwards. And I've been talking about him for a little while, where there've been so many people who have really liked what they've seen out of Brian Edwards. And I mean, I was able to trade Henry Ruggs this week before all of this. It's going to be hit or miss for him. He's going to have big games, but he's going to have games where he only comes down with one catch, I believe he had, Adam. Mm-hmm. One, one catch, catch for, for four, three yards. four yards. Four yards? Okay. Yeah. So yeah, he, so it, he really is going to be the next Tyreek Hill. He might be. I mean, it, it's, it's par for the course with, uh, with rugs. I think it's par for the course with these rookies, too, that, you know, you just need to be patient and, and wait for them to, to pop off. Maybe besides C.D. Lamp because he's just the best, but that's besides the point. Yeah, there was a lot to talk, to talk about from from this Monday night game, and I think the one thing that really stood out to me was: Did you see after the game, the locker room with John Gruden? Well, I saw. I was listening to his uh, to his interview where he was talking about. They were like, "Why aren't you wearing a mask on the side?" I was like, "Listen, I understand, man." I'm calling plays. I had the virus before. This is I've, I understand the gravitude, the gravitas of the virus, but I'm call, I'm calling plays, like that sort of thing. He's just like I don't give a shit about this. Well, after the after the game, he was in the uh, the locker room, just totally hyping up the team. It was it was amazing, and I think it's something that for me it stood out as these players love playing for John Gruden. They love him, and yeah. And it shows. I think he could be, he could be one part bastard, and the other part he could be the best coach in the world. I think that's what you need. 
you know, for the for the best coaches. And I mean, give credit to the Raiders. They're they're two and out. Yeah. They're two and out. And they have them to be two and out. No, 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 no. And they have a really tough stretch coming up. I believe they have they're playing four or five teams that were in the playoffs last year in the next six weeks. Yeah. Well, they're definitely gonna be playing, you know, they're they have Kansas City, they still have to play Kansas City twice. Yep. So they play and, Kansas City the next six weeks. They play Buffalo. They play New England next week. They have an unbelievably tough stretch coming up. And the fact that they're two and oh is really, really, really impressive. So yeah. Well they and they still have to play, you know, they have to they're playing the Falcons and the uh, and the Bucks also later. Yeah, that's a, that's a really tough stretch. So, I mean, it's not in that specific stretch, but, you know, it's it's something that's worth monitoring. This is where, as you like to say, separate the men from the boys, separate the contenders from the pretenders. Yeah, indeed. All right, let's move on to, uh, to the waivers. And like I said, without hyperbole, this is probably going to be one of the most important waiver shows of, uh, of the season so far. I don't want to you know, come back and say, say like everybody was, everybody in the NFL, all starters were wiped out in a tactical strike. And now you have to find all of the handcuffs. I don't think that's going to happen, but this is one of those weeks where you really have to put your waiver, your waiver hat on and, you know, balance out your fab, your fab uh, books, your fab checkbook. If you have, if you're doing fab. So before we go on to the position by position breakdown, we'll talk about the main handcuffs, main backups that you're going to be looking at for, uh, for the players that went down. For Saquon Barkley, we talked about Deion Lewis. Uh, we talked about Wayne Gallman a little bit uh, on Monday's show. Um, Corlin Sutton, as we saw, was going to be out for the season. Um, Jerry Judy, I think he's not going to be on, he's probably not going to be on waivers, but I think. Did you do you like Tim Patrick at all for the Broncos? No, not really. I'm not interested in any Bronco outside of Melvin Gordon right now. With um, with Drew Locke being out, yeah. With Drew Locke being out and Jeff Driscoll being the guy, yeah, I I, I want no part. But if there's one guy I think that's going to be getting a ton of a ton of work now, it's going to be Tim Patrick, and then also Deshaun Hamilton too. We'll uh, we'll get a uh, increase in in usage. And then uh, for the 49ers, uh, I wouldn't be looking at Nick Mullins at all, but I think that Jarek McKinnon and Jeff Walston Jr. as a backup for – as backups for uh, Raheem Mostert are definitely worth a look. I disagree. I think if you're in a tough spot, Nick Mullins playing the Giants this week. That's true. He is playing the Giants this week. I think he could be a very good spot start. Okay. But, yes, it, it, but, but for me – McKinnon would be the priority number one if you're going for the 49ers backfield and you want the number one guy there. It'd be McKinnon, then it would be Wilson. Yep. And then um, anybody else really? Free well, McCaffrey. Yeah, McCaffrey is a big one, of course. Um, Mike Davis. Yeah, it's Mike one. Davis. Yeah, he's going to be the Mike main Davis. backup. Uh, yeah, I think if, if you're going for Mike Davis, I think that he – he definitely is worth a, a large chunk of fab. I would say that probably the best I would spend for him would probably be uh, 
I think I would be spending about, I want to say about maybe 20, 25% of your total budget. I mm-hmm. think you up it if you have McCaffrey. So I think you could be spending as much as 30% of your whole budget on Mike Davis. I think that's the same that could be said about Darrell Henderson as well. I think that he he definitely is a 25% of the budget kind of guy, especially if Cam Akers is out. Then Darrell Henderson has a real opportunity to have a pretty significant role in the Rams offense. Unfortunately, they are going up against Buffalo. So that is something you tough have to test. look at. It's a tough test. Yeah. But um, that should be a, a very competitive game. And I think they won't be going away from the run uh, too much in that, in that game. So I think Darrell Henderson is a, is a pretty good start. And based on, based on what he did against the Eagles, he looked pretty good. So um, if Akers is out, then Darrell Henderson looks like he's, he's going to be the he's going to be the guy there in uh, in LA. And you, especially if you're without Barkley and you're without McCaffrey, uh, Henderson, you, you can't go much wrong with that. Anybody else you want to talk about before we go on to uh, the quarterbacks here? Um, I mean, if I had to rank them in order of guys that I think are the top ads of the week. For me, it's Darrell Henderson at number one, Mike Davis at number two. And I think I'm going to go and say Russell Gage at number three. He still is not being picked up in a lot of leagues. I believe he's available in about, I want to say it's about 78% of leagues he's available in. I can check that right now. He's on my team. Which is kind of absurd. Yeah, no, he's owned in 27.8% of leagues. All right, so 73%, 73% of leagues he's available yeah. in. Yeah, yeah, Russell Gage would be, would be my number three, no doubt about it. And I think I would – I don't think Russell Gage is going to cost you a whole lot. I think you, pro- you could probably get away with spending about 10 15% of your, uh, of your fab budget, and I think that would get it done to get, uh, to get Russell Gage. Yeah, I mean, he's had – he had 20 20- – points uh on in week one and he had 16.9 last week so yeah. definitely worth it especially if julio is going to be banged up yeah uh, yeah and then they're they're going up against the uh the bears too who are known for giving up a ton of points to uh to slot receivers and, and if julio for whatever reason is out then russell gage will definitely uh will definitely get a boost all right so quarterbacks who are your top three for quarterbacks? Uh, well, we talked about we talked about Ryan Tannehill. Mm-hmm. I, I think that he would be my number one if I had to rank them. I would say number two would be Gardner Minshew against Miami Thursday night, and then number three. I would say Baker Mayfield going up against Washington. I think that's a uh, that's a pretty good spot start if you uh, if you need it because we saw Baker Mayfield just carve up the Cincinnati Bengals defense. And if you're looking for a guy that can come in and be a bye week, a bye, not even a bye week filler, a, uh, a replacement, filler. yeah, or even a replacement for yeah. a starter that has completely underperformed. Uh, Baker could be that guy in in a, in, a, in a squeeze, and he's playing against Washington. Uh, 
So I think that's a that's a pretty solid start. I I mean I even think I think Trubisky isn't too bad against Atlanta, and he had 13 points against the Giants. So he's not my favorite. He's not my top three, but if he's available, sure. And I would also be monitoring very, very, very closely what the situation is with the Chargers. If Ty- if Tarod Taylor is not the guy against Carolina, pick up Justin Herbert and start him against Carolina. Start him. Because he looked terrific against the Chiefs. I believe he's only owned, yeah, he's only owned in about 2.5% of leagues so that's that's an easy one yeah so uh anthony lynn is saying that taylor is week to week so he was in the hospital with breathing problems during pre and warm-ups and he was discharged from the hospital on sunday night so um yeah i mean it's worth monitoring that just because you don't want to be caught with egg on your face no. and you're starting no. just Herbert and he ends up not starting. Yeah. I don't know if I would be spending a waiver claim on Herbert necessarily or spending fab dollars for him. But I mean, if you're at a keeper league where all waiver pickups are in the 16th, 17th round, then yes, pick up Herbert. No doubt about it. But if you're, if you're not in there and you're in a redraft or anything like that, I don't know if he's really worth the the claim. I think you just let him run through waivers, then you pick him up freely when you get more clarity on the, uh, the Tarod Taylor situation. All right. And but, uh, but again, I will. I'll just repeat my my top three for quarterbacks. It is mm-hmm. Tannehill one, Minshew two, Baker Mayfield three. Do you like uh, Trubisky going up against the Falcons? He would be my number four. Okay. He would be my number four. I I, I don't think. I don't think any of those guys are going to cost you too much. I think probably two, three bucks would probably do it in fab, um, in redraft, in, 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 not in redraft, in, um, in waivers. I think you could probably get away with putting in a fourth or fifth round claim for him, you know, fourth, fifth time going around. And I think you'll be, you'll be okay. Yeah. I mean, for running backs, I mean, talk about, uh, redundancy. A lot of these players we've already talked about: uh, Mike Davis, Jarek McKinnon, Deion Lewis, Jeff Wilson Jr., Daryl Henderson, Wayne Gallman. Anybody else here that I could think of off the top of my head? I mean, if Devontae Freeman signs, then yes. Devontae Freeman could be interesting. Miles Gaskin as well. Um, trying to think of any guys, any other guys off the top of my head. Uh, I mean, Frank Gore is still pretty much available. I think he's available. Apparently, he's very good against the run. According he's to about, he's about he's owned in about fourteen percent of leagues. So eighty six percent of leagues, Frank Gore is is available. I think that that's that's okay. Um, the thing with with Henderson that kind of scares me is Acres right now is listed as day to day. So if he plays, that really does screw how much you spent on Darrell Henderson. So I don't know if I would be, I still like Henderson the most just, just because he has such a great opportunity. 
but I'm also aware of the risk that's associated with it. So, I mean, if, if you're going to go ahead and you're going to go and spin, drop the, the, the hammer to get Mike Davis, I understand it because he's going to be the guy. Another player that's owned in 39% of leagues is Josh Kelly as well. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's a big one. That's a big your one. team in our league. Yeah. That, that's a big one. If you, if you can get Josh Kelly, that would be really, really good. Like I have, I have one league where Josh Kelly is available on waivers. I'm throwing about 70 bucks in on him just because I have to have him with no Barkley, no Sutton anymore. I need to get a guy that could be a volume play. And that's what Josh Kelly is. So um, I am going and picking him up ASAP. All right. Uh, For the wide receivers, this is, like I said last week, actually, that this position gives you a lot of, it's a lot of volatility just because of there are other factors with wide receivers that aren't <laughs> that aren't uh, just them, their performance. But I think for this one, you know, if LaVisca Cheneau is still on waivers, you should look at picking him up. He's available in our league. Uh, anybody else for you? We talked about Russell Gage. Yep. Uh, Mike Williams, for me, uh, he's definitely worth uh, going and having a look at. Corey Davis, he's he's available in roughly about 50% of leagues, so he just meets the threshold. I would be looking at him, especially if A.J. Brown is out again. Uh, Traquan Smith, who's available in about 77% of leagues, I think he is a uh, definite definite guy to go and look at. Scotty Miller as well, he's available in about 63% of leagues. Um, Michael Pittman, that's the big one that I wanted to talk about with no Paris Campbell. Michael Pittman now is in a position where he can produce for the Indianapolis Colts. Right now, he is projected at least to be the opposite outside receiver with T.Y. Hilton and Zach Pascal being the slot guy. So I definitely think Michael Pittman now has a ton of fantasy value, especially if the connection that him and Rivers had in training camp is true. He should get a ton of opportunity to produce, especially against a Jets defense that just has no answers. I like Michael Pittman as a sneaky, sneaky, sneaky start this week. And again, he's available in about 84% of leagues. He should be out there. It's actually kind of nuts how available he is. Yeah, and then one more guy that I think we need to talk about. We talked about him on, uh, on Monday's program, Chase Claypool. He's a guy that popped off. Big Ben seems to love his big playability. And he's a guy that I think you can go and definitely pick up. And if you're in need of some wide receiver help, uh, just to go in and have an exploratory ad with, um, with Chase Claypool. And I'm, I'm continuing to monitor Brian Edwards. I, I love his talent. But at the end of the day, if this is going to be you know 16 targets a week or going to Darren Waller, then I don't know what kind of fantasy production is totally viable for uh, for Brian Edwards and same and same thing with uh, with Hunter Renfro. If I had to rank them, oh, and also one more guy I totally forgot about, Nikhil Harry. Yeah, Nikhil Harry, great, great, great at this week. If I had to rank them, I would say Russell Gage definitely one, Corey Davis two, 
Michael Pittman three. Okay. I would so, say the Michael Pittman one changes if Michael Thomas is out, then Traquan Smith would be number three. Okay. So for tight ends here, uh, Dalton Schultz is a big one. Yeah. He's available in 98.2% of leagues. Yep. In ESPN leagues. That is, that is going to change real quick by Wednesday. Yes, it will. Dalton Schultz is, is my number one pickup at the tight end position for this week. I'm continuing to monitor the George Kittle situation. If George Kittle is out, then Jordan Reed is a fantastic ad. He's available in around 93% of fantasy leagues. And then my number three addition for the tight end position, Mo Alley Cox, who had a really, really nice game against the Minnesota Vikings with no Jack Doyle. He's he's available in 99% of fantasy leagues. So if Jack Doyle is out, Mo Ali Cox, go pick him up. He had an unbelievable week last week, and he should be in line for more opportunity against the New York Jets, who, let's face it, if you own an Indianapolis Colt, you're probably going to start them against the Jets. Well, yeah. I mean, considering what happened with Jordan Reed last week. I can tell you right now, I, I just started putting together my um, my rankings for this week, which I'll have available on uh, on Friday for when we go through the uh, go through the games. Jonathan Taylor right now is my number three running back on the week. Okay, so that's just how much I value the Colts this week. Well, there you go. Unless Greg Williams, like I don't even know, did some sort made them run. Uh, run suicides constant for five days for three days straight because of what happened. Uh, we have some breaking news as well. Yes. And this could put a damper on the Darrell Henderson hype. Uh, Malcolm Brown is expected to play in week three. Ooh. All right. So then. I think I have to change that now. And I would say that my number one way we're at is Mike Davis. Okay. Number well, one is go. Mike Davis. Number two is Russell Gage. Number three is Terrell Henderson. I still have him in my top three, but I'm not I'm not dropping the hammer on Darrell Henderson like I am for Mike Davis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for defenses, um, the Bucks are a good start here with De- the Colts are a good are a good add. Um you the Chargers are a good add. I think the Fal- uh, the Falcons are a pretty pretty okay ad. Yeah, this is this is a tough week for uh, for streaming defenses. This is a very very tough week for it. If I had to pick, if I had to pick three, I would say one would be the Bucks, two would be the Browns, and three would be the the Colts. Probably it was it was between it was between the Colts and the Titans, for me. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Colts. Okay. So yeah. Bucks Bucks Browns Colts, and if the Titans are available. They're fine too. Yeah. And again, and again, Fab. They should not cost you that much. No waivers. Waivers do not waste a high priority on a defense. Do not. That'll be. I think that'll be a constant reminder that I say in this podcast every week until the end of the season. Do not waste a high priority 
on a defense over a quarterback. Not worth it. No, it really isn't. Unless, of course, you have Cam Newton out there, which if you do, I want to be a part of your league. Yeah, no, right? That would be – that's amazing. Who – who? what's Cam Newton's ownership right now? I'll be 80-something percent. <laughs> Those 20% of leagues. If I had to take a guess. If I had to take a real guess, yeah, I would probably say 80-something percent. Are you looking that up, Adam? I am looking that up right now. He's available in 7.9% of leagues. So he's 93% out. 93.1%. That, yes. That's about right. That's about what I expect. Yep. But how much oh. – I wonder how much more he was added between last week on waivers last week. Let's just have a look. Wow, he was pretty owned. Wow. Okay. He was owned in about 85% of leagues even before he he did this. Okay. All right. Sure. I wish they had where I wish I it was like easy to find that data. Of like Wait, you just look you just look at the number. You just look at the number that's next to the ownership and it shows you yeah. how much it shows you the increase on a week to week basis. Plus eight point two percent. So, yeah, so he was eighty. He was eighty-five percent owned after last week, and then once this, once the he was eighty-five percent owned. <laughs> this is going to be a, a tongue twister, but oh god, he was eighty-five percent owned coming out of drafts. Then after waivers, he was ninety-three percent owned. So I think after this, after waivers run for this week. He'll be pushing 96, 97%. Okay. That makes more sense. Yes. That was that was a much more clear and concise way of putting it. Okay. So other than that, I mean, is there anything else? I mean, do we even talk about kickers? Kickers are people too, but no. I think the 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 way I'm approaching waivers this week, be very careful with how much money you spend. Because well, especially if you have fab, right? I think you need to look at the if you're waivers, then yeah, you know, go nuts, do what you got to do. But in fab, it's very important to look at the guys that have long term appeal. And do you really want to be spending 25% of your budget on? one guy because Darrell Henderson probably is going to cost you. Now that we know Malcolm Brown is playing, he's probably going to cost you 15, 20%. Mike Davis will cost you probably after if you increase demand and how many people in your league will probably be going for Mike Davis. He probably will be going for around $50. If you're in a $200 fab league, which is 25% of your budget. If you're in a $100 league, I would say that he'll be probably going for around around 25-ish bucks, which is still, which is ridiculous, which is which is a, a lot of money for a $100 fat league. It's a quarter of your budget. Let's not be... Let's, a quarter of the budget. Yeah. For a guy that you're going here. to have in your lineup, most likely, for four to six weeks. 
I would say I'm planning on it being around three for now, three-ish weeks for now. Just because McCaffrey's like, I am going to come back from this injury in three weeks, even if it kills me, and it probably will kill me. He said, he said it himself. He says he's going to attack his rehab. So, yeah. so I mean, I, I, I'm planning three weeks with no McCaffrey. Well, if I'm, if I'm McCaffrey's PT, I'd go hide. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, <laughs> yeah, just be very, very careful on waivers and look for long-term plays. Don't look for short-term fixes because you're going to be regretting it in three, four weeks when somebody else pops off that is a long-term option and you're sitting there saying, fuck, I just spent 50 bucks on Darrell Henderson and he wasn't even the number one guy. Yeah. It's kind of like, I'll give you an example. So I have someone in one of my leagues that spent, that spent nearly 75% of his budget, 200 bucks, spent nearly 75%. So he's got 50 or so dollars left. On Naeem Hines and Malcolm Brown last week. And now, this week, lost Saquon Barkley and Cortland Sutton. Well. So he's got $54 left. After spending it all last week on Hines and Brown, and now needs to go out and find a replacement for Barkley. Good luck. Yes. I mean, this it's like the real it's like the real world with this managing your money. You got to be mm-hmm. cautious, cautious, aggressive yet cautious. Yes, with this sort of stuff. Just yes, because you, you, you don't. This is a long season. You don't know yeah. what's going to pop up in three weeks. Also, just put it into perspective. I know, like for fantasy, a lot of this stuff is current. You know, week to week. What you what are we gonna What are you gonna do to win this week? But when you're spending money on like fab money on players you got to realize that these are temporary fixes a lot of the time. A lot of the well, time, so, yeah. A lot of the time, these are temporary fixes. Like Mike Davis is a temporary, temporary fix. Jared McKinnon, temporary fix. Russell Gage, I don't think is a temporary fix. I no, think it's that not. He's, he's, he's a not. guy that can contribute on a weekly basis for your teams. I truly, truly believe that. Josh Kelly, he is not a weekly fix. He is a guy that you will plug into your lineup every single week and you know he's getting you something. He's the new Melvin Gordon for that offense. And Eckler's back to being the Eckler that we all know. Which is which is fine. Which is fine. He's not he's not going to be a, a big time ceiling play, but he'll be a guy that gets you a floor every single week. But unfortunately, it's not the second round value that we that we were drafting him at. I was not drafting him at that, but a lot of people were drafting him in the second round thinking he would be the guy when really he's going to be producing at a rate would probably make him a fourth or a fifth round pick. So you're taking a two round loss on that, but it's all right. It's not like the end of the world, but Josh Kelly and Russell Gage, those are two guys I'd be dropping the hammer on versus Mike Davis. If you own Christian McCaffrey, Mike Davis has long-term value because you will then be getting the cuff to Mike Davis, to Christian McCaffrey. So that cuff well, basically, oh, also, McCaffrey is going to be so valuable for you long term where you have him, you drop the 45, 50 bucks it's probably going to take, but then he stays on your roster for the rest of the year because you have McCaffrey and then you have the insurance policy behind him. 
Well, also when you know Mike did when McCaffrey comes back and Mike Davis goes back to being in the periphery, then that you're not losing any production. It's just going the production is going right back, and in the case of McCaffrey, it's increasing. Correct. So you're not losing really. You're not losing anything with the handcuff no. besides your fab dollars. Nope. No, not at all. And uh, that's why I think that. You know, that's why handcuffs are so important. We should just do a show about that, about the importance of handcuffs. We should. For running backs, just because this is, this is the kind of game now where running backs are, they all have brittle bone disease, apparently. Everyone has uh, glass bones, paper skin. Yeah. Where it, it could, have, in an instant, you could be like, oh shit, who's this backup? Yeah. Uh, I also have some some, some more breaking news. Uh, mm-hmm. We have two injury updates. Uh, we talked to you about Godwin yesterday. It is confirmed. Bruce Arians said he is going to be playing this week. And Kenny Galladay is expected to be a limited participant in practice tomorrow, Wednesday. Okay. Yes. With, so with the expectation like... that Galladay is going to play. And that was my question. Yes. <laughs> yep. There you go. I answered it for you. Yes. There you go. See, this is the connection that we have, is that you're able to answer my questions before I even ask them. We are connected. Yes. Kenny, Gall- Kenny Galladay is expected to play this week against the Arizona Cardinals. Okay. So anybody who has been hit by the Galladay injury bug, you're, you're, you're getting some relief here. He'll be back. Okay. So – Thursday night football between the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Miami Dolphins. Who is the road team? Who is the home team? Who cares? It's all Florida. It's all Florida. Yeah, this game's going to be an eyesore. This game is going to be bad. Like, I, I honestly, I don't think I have anybody playing in this game. I think maybe I might have one instance where I'm starting James Robinson. That's it. You know, maybe. That's everybody a big talks baby. about how Monday Night Football has really gone down the pedestal of being like the most high-profile, prestigious game of the week. They have been the NFL has put in so many shitty games on Thursday night. It's ridiculous. It's the games they know nobody's going to watch on Sunday, so they might as well just show it on a Thursday. It's true. Yeah, because you know who's playing next week? Don't tell me it's the Jets and the Broncos. It is. Oh, God. It is. Oh, dear. At least my Sundays will be free from pain. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Hey, I'll get to watch Melvin Gordon on Thursday. That's nice. Yeah. So, I guess we're going to, we're going to go through all these fucking players, aren't we? Oh, my we God. We do, yeah. Oh, boy. Um, For the Dolphins. Over-under. Tua starts. <laughs> Tua gets thrown in in the second quarter. Over this game. Over. I think Fitzpatrick lasts. Uh, Fitzpatrick's a sit. Miles Gaskin is a start if you need. Uh, Jordan Howard is a sit. Matt Breed is a sit. Devontae Parker's a start. Preston Williams is a sit. Mike Kosicki is a big, 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 big time start. Especially with the game he had. Eight, eight for 137 and a touchdown. That, yeah. That's a big, that's a monster game. And he, yes, play Mike Gesicki, start. Uh, Jacksonville, Gardner Minshew, start. Start, start, yes. Uh, James Robinson, start in a flex. 
I think I have him. I'm going to have him inside my top 24 this week. So I think he's a good start. Uh, DJ Chark is a start. Yeah, yeah, start. I don't know if I'm going to have DJ Chark inside my top 20 this week, but I think I'll have him inside my top 24. So that's that's a start. Um, any of the Jags, other the Jags receivers, maybe Chenault is a start, but I think I would have him inside my top 40, something like that. Uh, Keelan Cole, no. Uh, D.D. Westbrook has barely featured. And, um, yeah, I can Tyler Eifert. It's a sit. So, yeah, you're 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 basically starting all, all the uh, all the big time guys in this game. And again, and also I think I don't know if we talked about Miles Gaskin. When we were in the um, the running back section of the show. If he's available in your leagues, which I'm pretty sure that he is, I think Miles Gaskin is 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 a good ad as well because the Dolphins seem to absolutely love him. He's available in eight, in about eighty percent of yep. all leagues. There you go. That's a that's so. a great ad. That's a great ad. I would not. I would own Henderson before I own Gaskin, but Gaskin would be in my top five ads for this week. All right. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. We are now available on Amazon Podcasts. Thank so, you, Jeff Bezos. So now uh, my, uh, my outro has to be a bit longer. Uh, you can find all episodes of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show, the Vanilla Basement Talk Podcast, and the Quizmutational on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and now Amazon Podcasts. Well, technically it's called Amazon Music, but there is a podcast section of it. Sure. I'll just say Amazon for right now. Perfect. And Amazon. Wonderful. On Friday, we will be talking about the uh, you know Sunday's action. We're going to be reviewing the inevitable shit show that will happen in Duval between the uh, Dolphins and Jaguars and uh, tell you what uh, you could be doing on Sunday to win your week. To... So for my co-host Ed Birdsall, I'm Adam Castor, and we will talk to you next time on the Baseball Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. Bye-bye.